Welcome to the Christian Life Podcast. At Christian Life, we're all about making disciples of all generations. If you'd like to connect with us and find out more about what's going on here, you can find us on Facebook at CLC Gridley, and of course on the web at clcgridley.org. We hope that God speaks to you through the message you're about to hear. Welcome to Christian Life Online. I am so excited because today you're going to be reading from one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's actually a sermon that's kind of been in my heart for some time now. It's it's something that I've always looked to and thought of doing and just never have. So I've definitely been praying this week about what God has for you this morning. And also for me, um, it's been a challenging week as I've been going over all this stuff, but I'm excited. But before we begin, let's go ahead and pray together. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the plans that you have for every single person that is listening, that's watching. God, you know where they're at, Lord, in their life, what they're struggling with, God. And I just pray that today you would draw us closer to you. You would not only challenge us, Lord, but you would help us to get to where you need us to be, Father. I thank you, Lord, because you are good. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so uh, today, if you have your Bibles or you have a smartphone, if you can go ahead and turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse uh, 8 through 31. We're going to be reading quite a bit this morning, but I don't want to miss anything, so that's why we're going over everything. So that's in 2 Kings chapter 4. And I'm going to go ahead and start in verse 8. It says, One day, Elijah went to the town of Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. She said to her husband, I'm sure this man who stops in front and in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build him a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. So one day, Elijah returned to Shunem, and he went up to his upper room to rest. He said to his servant Gehazi, Tell the woman from Shunem I want to speak to her. So when she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, Tell her we appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? See, so he's noticed, you know, the things that they've done for him. They've made this whole room for him. They've made it very inviting. They've welcomed him and welcomed him and his servant into their home. So now he's like, you know, what can I do for you? So he's asking her, you know, is there anything that I can do for you? And she replied, my family takes good care of me. So she said, no, my family takes good care of me. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do to her? So you see that he's still thinking about this. He really wants to do something kind for her. Gehazi replied, well, she doesn't have a son, and her husband is an old man. Hint, hint. Um, that's not in here, but yeah. <laughs> Call her back again, Elisha told them. When the woman returned, Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway, Next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son. Just as Elisha has said, one day when her child was older, he went out to help his father who was working with the harvesters. Suddenly he cried out, my head hurts, my head hurts. 
His father said to one servant, or to one of the servants, um, carry him to his mother. So the servant took him home, and his mother held him in her lap. But around noontime, he died. Now this is the son that Elijah had predicted that she was going to have, and he just died. So it says she carried him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God in that upper room that she built. She laid him on that bed. Then she shut the door and left him there. She sent a message to her husband, send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. Why go today? He asked. It's neither a new moon festival nor a Sabbath. But she said, it will be all right. So she saddled the donkey and said to the servant, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you to. As she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel, Elisha saw her in the distance. He said to Gehazi, look, the woman from Shunem is coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, is everything all right with you, your husband and your child? So he sees her, he's concerned. You know, he's, he's also happy that she's there, but he wants to know if everything is okay. Yes, the woman told Gehazi, everything is fine. But when she came to the man at the mountain, uh, to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She is deeply troubled, but the Lord has not told me what it is. Then she said, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? And didn't I say, don't deceive me and get my hopes up? Then Elisha said to Gehazi, get ready to travel. Take my staff. So he gives him his staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and lay the staff on the child's face. But the mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I won't go home unless you go with me. So Elisha returned with her. Gehazi hurried on ahead and laid the staff on the child's face, but nothing happened. There was no sign of life. He returned to meet Elijah and told him, the child is still dead. Okay, so there's this great story. I wanted to make sure that you get the whole picture. There's this woman, you know, she, she had this son that obviously she had been wanting, but she was afraid to ask because she didn't want to get her hopes up. She didn't want anything happen like this, so he dies. And, you know, Elisha sends his servant, go quickly. Gehazi runs over there. He lays the staff on him. No sign of life. And then he leaves. Okay, so I have two boys. Now, my oldest boy is eight years old. And then I have a four-year-old. And so my eight-year-old is Colt. And my four-year-old is Gunner. Now, one day um, when Colt was in school, I asked Gunner, I said, hey, you know, I noticed you're playing this game right now. But you need to stop because I just looked at your room and it thrashed. You've got dirty socks, dirty underwear. You've got toys everywhere. You need to pick this stuff up. You can't be playing with this if you have all this going on. So he's like, oh, okay, Mom. You know, so he goes and he goes to pick it up. Obviously, he just wanted to play with that game. That's all that was on his mind. So he goes in there. He comes back and he's like, Mom, I'm done. I cleaned the room. And I'm like, mm, no, you're not. He's like, Mom, I promise. Come look. And I'm just like thinking, you know, that was way too fast. There was quite a bit of stuff in that room. So I go in there, I look around, everything looked clean. I look under his bed, because we all know that's where kids hide stuff. I look in the closet, everything looked good. I was like, wow, good job, buddy, I'm proud of you. You know, so later on in the day, my son Colt, he comes home from school, and he was climbing up in his bunk bed to get something, I think it was like a book. He, he likes to leave books in his bed so he can read them in the morning. So he goes up there, and I hear from a distance him yelling, Gunner, 
Why in the world are your dirty socks and dirty underwear and toys all in my bunk bed? So, obviously, <laughs> Gunnar was in a rush to play his game. So instead of taking the time to really do what he was supposed to do, what he needed to do, you know, he hurried it up and just tossed everything in his brother's bunk bed. Knowing that, you know, me being so small and short, I wouldn't see it up there. Okay, so like my son Gunnar and, you know, and like Gehazi as we just, and sorry if I'm saying his name wrong, Gehazi, you know, like Gehazi as we read in the story, you know, we are often in a hurry to go and do what we need to do. You know, in rushing, we often make mistakes, we cut corners, we do a half job, we're really not in it all the way. When we rush, we lose the determination to accomplish something great. When we rush, we only pour out half of the work, only receiving half of the reward. Now, last Sunday, you know, we talked about an incredible, incredible story about Jesus and how he comes to bring us new life. There's resurrection, and he invites us to meet with him. Today, we're going to be talking about waiting in God's presence. But, you know, if we want to receive the rewards, you know, that, that he offers, all of those things that he has for us, if we want to receive that, then we have to be determined to wait, determined to wait for him, to wait to hear his voice, to hear you know, him answering us, to wait to see what he has for our lives. We can't be halfway with God, you know, only giving him our leftover time. Now, this isn't saying that you're not going to have those days. We all have those days where, you know, it's a little bit rushed, a lot of it rushed, okay, if we're being honest. We're going to have those days. But don't make it a habit. Do make it a habit of waiting. You know, when are we going to realize that he is all we need? That, that when we realize that, we come to that spot and we know, okay, without a doubt, God, that you are all that I need. You are everything to me. When we come to that conclusion, we no longer have the desire to rush. So how long are we willing to wait for him? to wait at his feet for just that one touch, that one word from him. You know, now more than ever during this, this crazy time, we have to establish a consistency in our time spent with the Lord. We don't have, you know, we don't have the church going to, to the altars. You know, there's those incredible altar times. We don't have those moments. We don't have the laying on of hands, you know, the, the people praying out loud over us. We can't use the, well, it's because I'm not getting fed here at this church as an excuse anymore. It is up to you and it is up to me. You know, what we, do, what we put in determines what we're going to get in return. If we're only giving God half of our time, half of our attention, half of our love, then we're only cutting ourselves short. I want to read 2 Kings uh, chapter 4. Verse 29, so this is just continuing in that story. Then Elisha said to Gehazi, get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and lay the staff on the child's face. But the boy's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I won't go home unless you go with me. So Elisha returned with her. 
Gehazi hurried on ahead, and he laid the staff on the child's face, but nothing happened. There was no sign of life. He returned to meet Elijah and told him, the child is still dead. Now, I believe that Gehazi could have had the opportunity to be a part of the healing that God wanted to do in this boy. But he wasn't determined to wait. He wasn't determined to dig deeper. He was in a rush. He was in a hurry, moving fast, you know, just... He goes in there, lays the staff on, no sign of life, leaves, tells him, yep, the boy is dead. You know, he was given this command by Elisha, the authority, you know, the confidence to go and do what Elisha could have done. And he goes there and he's in a hurry, so he doesn't, he misses that opportunity, that moment to encounter an, a crazy, a miracle. It's like when you ask your kid to get something, you know, you describe them ex what it is that you need. You tell them exactly what it looks like, where it's at, you know, in the in the cabinet or pantry. They go over there, they glance, they shrug their shoulders, and then they leave. Gehazi runs over, touches the boy with the staff, and then he's on his way. Let's read verse 32 through 35. When Elisha arrived, the child was indeed dead, lying there on the prophet's bed, he went in alone and shut the door. Okay, I want to stop right there where, where it says that he shut the door. Now, by shutting the door, he, he is showing us that he was expected that this could take some time. By shutting the door, he was removing all outside distractions. And then he begins to pray. Elijah gave it all that he had. He didn't just say, you know, a quick prayer, a touch of his hands or his staff. You know, he, he says, it says that he lays himself out on the boy. Now, maybe you're not getting this picture like I am, but when I, when I see this and I read it, it's crazy. It literally says that he goes down and he lays on the boy, arms, hands to hands, mouth to mouth, and he waits there, and the boy becomes warm. So there is a dead body, and it becomes warm. Now, many times... The warmth of a dead person would be enough for us, right? We walk into this room, and there's a dead person laying there, and we feel confident in who we are in God, and we, we lay on them, and it becomes warm. Man, we'd be like, whoa, you know, this is insane. That would be enough for us. But it's not enough for Elijah. He doesn't stop there. When we enter into our time with God, full of distractions, in a hurry, anxious for that now touch. You know, we read a couple of verses here and there, and we think, wow, that's good. And then we're on our way for whatever happens next in our day. You know, maybe you feel lost without church. Maybe you think that you, you could feel better, but you really need somebody just to pray for you. Times are hard right now, you guys. I know that. But we need to know that we are the church the church that we used to refer to is just a building. It's actually an empty building right now. We cannot wait for someone else to come and pray for us. You know, I once heard this, this pastor, he was preaching, and he was full, you know, he was like one of those gospel uh, pastors. He was really awesome. He was walking around, he's like, sometimes we just got to lay hands on ourselves and pray. You know, but it's true. Sometimes that we have to do that. When was the last time? That you shut the door and you waited on God. No distractions, no time limit, no rushing. Elijah demonstrates 
three incredible things. He shuts the door, he prays, and then he waits. Let's read on, 32 through 35. When Elisha arrived, the child was indeed dead, lying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone, and he shut the door behind him, and he prayed to the Lord. Then he laid down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, and his hands on the child's hands. And as he stretched out on him, the boy's, the child's body began to grow warm again. Elisha got up, walked back and forth across the room, and then stretched himself out again on the child. This time, the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. So, okay, this is just mind-blowing. So he goes in, he shuts the door, and, and, and he's determined he's going to see this boy back to life because this is one thing that he promised this lady. So he's trusting in God, like, God, if you if you had me tell her this, then you're going to come through. So he, he is going to wait. He's going to do everything he, he can. He comes in, he shuts the door, he gets down, and he lays on that child that's dead, stretches his arms out, and waits. And he becomes warm. Then he gets up and he begins to walk back and forth and he's pacing. You know, I'm wondering, what is he thinking? He's probably thinking, this isn't enough. You know, he's warm right now, but this isn't enough. So then he goes out and he does it again. And he lays down on him once more, hands to hands, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes. And the boy sneezes seven times and opens his eyes. Are we determined to go after God with all of our hearts, everything that we have, no holding back, to lay our face down on his feet, not just to feel uh, the warmth of his love and then leave, but to wait, consistently wait until we hear his voice. Just like Elisha, the warmth wasn't enough. It wasn't enough for him. He wanted to go back again until he could hear sneezing and he could see the eyes open. What are we willing to do in the presence of God to achieve that miracle that is waiting for us? God has such great, incredible plans of purpose for our life. We know this. It says it in his word in so many places. But sometimes we have to stop our schedule, stop rushing, stop being so anxious about everything, put everything aside and shut the door. What are you willing to do for that encounter with him? You know, maybe this means, you know, if you're a morning person, maybe this means that you've got to set your alarm extra early so you can get up before everyone awakes and you can have that time with God. Or if you're a night person, staying up past everyone, so you can create that altar time with God. I don't know what it means for you, whatever that you have to do to incorporate this in your life as a habit, but whatever that means, do it because he wants us there. He's inviting us into that room. He's saying, come in with me, shut the door, pray, talk with me, I want to say something to you. Will you wait on me? Next, let's not wait 
for the church's doors to open to have that altar time. I want to challenge you with the same challenge that has been given to me. Will we create those altar times in our own home? God is inviting us into his presence right now. And I, and I want to ask, you know, if that's you that today and you're sitting there thinking, I have been away from the Lord. I have put everything else before and I've forgotten the importance of that waiting on him. I put myself first. I've given him half my attention, half my love, half my time. But I don't want to do that anymore. He's still inviting you into that room. He's still calling you. He's still waiting to meet with us. Just like we talked about last Sunday, he wants to meet with us. He's pursuing you. I want to pray for you. If that's you, you know, if everyone, you, you just where you're at, stop what you're doing. Let's take a moment to meet with God. God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you have such great love for us, that you open the door to us, you invite us in. I pray that we would put aside everything else, that we would come to that realization that you are all we need, and we would no longer have that desire to rush. God, help us to give it all we have, to wait with, with no, no limits, God, that we would wait on you. God, and I pray that in that waiting, you would speak clarity, you would speak wisdom, you would speak love and affirmation, and so much more into what these people need, Lord. You are all we need. We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Wow, that was a powerful message. It's true, though. I would say at this point in our history, more than possibly any other time, each one of us as individuals, we're even more responsible for our spiritual growth, yeah. for our spiritual well-being now than we ever were before. You know, we've we've all, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now, I'm gonna go out on a limb, but we've all heard people, and maybe we've even found ourselves saying, I'm just not being fed right now. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of this that, that falls on our shoulders as, as men, as women. You know, we've got God's word. It's our time to shine. It's our time to dive in. You know, many of us were planting gardens right now. Yeah. If you don't plant seeds, yeah. if you don't invest in your soil, you don't get the fruits. Right. So in the same way, uh, I think your message was right on. We have got to dive into our word. We've got to, to read our Bible more than ever before. Yeah. To spend time in worship more than ever before. Because of the situation we find ourselves in. Anxiety, fear, you know, a lack of peace, a lack of joy. All of these things are under attack right now. And our biggest way, our biggest pathway through that is by diving in to God's word, to diving into our relationship with him. Yes. So I encourage you, just as my wife did so well uh, a couple moments ago, dive in. Don't give up. Yeah. Don't get lazy. Don't get overwhelmed. Dive in and focus your view on things Spend that we can't control. Waiting on him. Yeah, it's powerful.
At this point in our service, we're going to move forward and prepare to receive our tithes and our offerings. Yes. You know, we've got many ways that we can go about doing that. If you'd like to give right now, uh, you can text the amount that you'd like to give to 84321. So it's super easy. You can also go to our website at clcgridley.org. You'll see the Give tab right there on the upper right-hand corner. You can click there as well as mailing anything that you'd like to uh, to give in as well. Yes. So I'm going to go ahead and we'll pray over our offering. Yeah. We'll pray a blessing over you. We'll pray God's hand over you. And then we'll prepare to, to give. And then my wife's got something to, to say real quick. And then we'll continue forward. So God, right now, I just pray for every person, God, that is giving this morning. Every person that, that desires to give, but maybe they've fallen on hard times. God, I pray a, a special blessing. Yes. Lord, I know God, in your word, you promise, mm -hmm. God, this is the, the only thing, the area of our finances, you talk about it so often, this is the only area where you encourage us to test you. Yeah. God, so I pray, as some of us, God, as we, as we put you to the test, God, as we give out of, out of faith, give in a time that, that we're nervous, that we're concerned, we mm -hmm. don't know what is around the corner, I pray that you would comfort, God, that you would bring peace God, and you would open up favor and blessing in our lives. Yes. God, I pray that you would bless the gifts. God, you bless the givers. God, and I pray that you would do what only you can do. Yes. God, that people would hear about you, would come to know you because of what we're doing mm -hmm. right here as a church family. We thank you. We praise you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good prayer. Um, now, before you go ahead and take off, we want to just remind you that we have a couple of ways that you can connect with us. You know, if maybe you responded to the message and you would like prayer, you know, or you just want to give a testimony or whatever that is, we, we really encourage you, go to clcgridley.org and go ahead and write that in whatever that is so yeah, we right can connect with you. Yes, yeah, so easy. So if you can go there, type it up, and we will be able to make that connection with you and also be able to pray for you if you need that. Um, also, you know, down below at the bottom, you'll see there's a couple of links. So make sure you look at those, you know, before you go. There's our kids ministry that um, is so much fun. So you can go ahead and click on that and have your kids watch it. You can even watch in with them. I know we have I think I have time. more fun than they do. Yes. So go ahead and check those out before you leave. We're so thankful that you guys are here and tuning in with us. We'll see you next Sunday. Christian Life Online. Yes. Bye. Thank you for listening to this message. We trust you've been encouraged and challenged to grow. If we can help you grow in your relationship with Jesus, please connect with us on Facebook or on clcgridley.org. We're now offering this same content and much more in video form on YouTube. We'll put the link below. If you'd like access to that information, please subscribe so you'll stay up to date on what's going on here. See you next week on the Christian Life Podcast.